Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Here we go. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 85. A little bit of a summer break, but that's okay. We are in the dog days of the hockey summer where the news is few and far between. Well, we got a little bit of catching up to do. Um, so, yes, today is August the 4th. It's a Thursday. We're both on Salt Spring, hosting from separate locations. <laughs> and uh, as we normally do, we start with Canuck stuff. Uh, I will throw to Laura. I'm not sure if there's a ton of Canuck stuff to talk about before we move into the few pieces of big news that we have. But... What do you got? I don't know if there's any Canuck stuff. You threw me off a bit there. <laughs> trying I, to keep the pattern, you know? I know. Um, I know they hired a new goalie coach for the AHL, but I forget who it is now. Yes, he had a name, and I heard it, and I thought to myself, I've not heard that name before. Yeah, so that's like the only thing I can think of right now. The other yeah. minor news today I heard was Juho Lamico signed in Finland. Okay, well, that makes sense. Go yeah, we kind of figured he wouldn't be back since the next one with Lizard, which is probably a better fit. Yeah, and I mean, you think about how many free agents are still out there right now that like could play fourth line roles in the NHL that haven't signed. Like, for example, Tyler Mott. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, what's up with your boy Tyler Mott? Is he going to come back to Vancouver? Is he just hanging out? You know, maybe he's one of those guys who overplayed his hand a bit and he will come back to Vancouver, but. Yeah, there's a bunch of dominoes that still have to fall. And, yeah, there's so many players left out there that still have to sign. I know there's theories about certain players, which I think we'll probably get into in the end, where they like they already have deals, like handshake deals or whatever, with teams and their teams are just trying to figure out the cap. Right. And, you know, maybe that's holding up everyone else. But um, there's yeah, okay. still a lot that has to happen, even though – you know, we're getting to the point of the off season where there isn't much news. So totally. Um, well, I mean, that can segue if you want right into some of those handshake speculated deals. I and mean, yeah. then the big one is Nazem Kadri. Um, yeah. I've read that it sounds like the Islanders and him. What do you got? Uh, that's to me. I hear this like the Islanders is done deal kind of thing, but they they need to figure out because they have right they have Dobson and then like someone up front that they have to sign to RFAs is going to take right. like, all their caps so they basically have to move someone okay um, I like those teams like that yeah but the only throw there is I think I was talking to you a while back about how it sounded like Colorado and Paul Stasky had a handshake deal for yeah. a center role small contract if Kadri didn't fall through and it yeah. makes me wonder like if Kadri is not going back to Colorado how come Stasky think it yeah, no, that's true. So, I, but again, like, <laughs> you know, before the Klingberg thing happened, which we're going to get into later, I'm sure, I was kind of thinking, you know, if, if Kadri hasn't signed yet, like, maybe he's going to get Taylor Hall. Like, maybe it will be one of those situations where he has to go somewhere on a one-year deal and try again next year or whatever. Um, but I still feel like <laughs> someone's going to make room for him, but I agree. 
I don't know why the Stasny thing hasn't happened if for sure he's not going back to Colorado. Right. So. The only thing that makes me a little bit skeptical, I guess, but, you know, time will tell. It's it's one of the, it's such a weird offseason, I guess, partially in due to the cap not going up, but everyone knowing how much money got made last year. Yeah. It's going up five million, but um, how many teams are like either at the cap, over the cap, and still have players sign or like over the cap and have their roster set, but need to do something still? It's a lot, like a lot of the league is in that situation, which is why I think it's so stuck. But then you have teams like, you know, like Arizona and Chicago who <laughs> could definitely take on the players, but aren't. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see, like, those teams that are, you know, in the Bedard chase, basically, if they can't help themselves but sign a few pieces here. Because there's good players to be had for not very much, it would appear. Yeah. Unless, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I guess the uh, the other big speculated one, well, there's two, and I feel like one's for sure, and one I don't feel like it's going to happen, and I have no reason to feel that way really for both, but Patrice Bergeron, I feel like for sure we'll be going back to Boston. And yeah. Agreed publicly for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and then Krejci, I feel like won't go back to Boston. Oh, really? Interesting. Heavily speculated, but I and I don't know why I feel that way. I just don't <laughs> happen. Yeah, you see, I feel like they're both gonna be back there. Okay. But again, I don't really have any reason. It's just that it's been talked about to death, and I think it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't really get why they haven't announced it because Boston's a team that they're gonna be under the cap because they're gonna have so many players on on LTIR. Right. To start the year, right. Maybe that maybe you never know. They could be a wild card, and why Kadri hasn't done anything yet because they haven't got a finalized Krejci answer or something. Maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, it's they- gonna be really interesting to see how this falls into place, and if we ever find out what the big holdup is for some of these three agents. Yeah. 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 Um, so then the other big name besides Kadri that we're waiting on forever was Klingberg. Yeah. Uh, I got my Ducks jersey on because mm-hmm. it was Anaheim for a one-year $7 million deal. I was, pardon me, really hoping he was going to go to Ottawa, especially since, like, the way Philly's been going and Drew's on Ottawa now that I feel like yep. I'm an Ottawa guy for a few years. And I was like, yep. yeah. Klingberg on Ottawa would be so sweet. And I was really, like, putting yep. my eggs in that basket. But then he went to Anaheim. And he'll obviously like be the top dog and probably have a good year and get to go back and do this all again next year. But it yeah. was surprising. Yeah, and I mean, there's rumors out there, right, that like Dallas did offer him like a seven-year contract at like seven, I don't know, seven something, and he said no because he wanted the eight years. Right. And I think yeah, he's one of those guys that did overplay his hand. It seems like he expected it to be different, and I know he fired his agent like right before signing this deal so he must have felt similarly I suppose um and yeah it's a good move I mean for for Anaheim for a couple of reasons like number one like they have Jamie Drysdale there and he can learn from Klingberg so you're bringing in someone there to kind of show him the ropes and like I would assume at the deadline they can retain you know 50% of his contract and move him for you're basically buying 
picks or buying prospects with this yeah. contract. So it's like, again, if you have cap space right now, it's just worth so much because you can, you know, set yourself up so well in the future. So it's a smart move on those ways. Um, oh, and they got a, a big minute spot to fill with Josh Manson going out the door and Hamberston home, really. Yeah. So he'll get minutes. And I mean, it's basically the defense version of the Taylor Hall deal. Right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the thing about it too, right, is they didn't give him a no trade <laughs> because, like, Buffalo kind of screwed themselves over because um, Taylor Hall's like, I only want to go to Boston or whatever. And yeah. so then they couldn't really get much back from him. I think that uh, Anaheim will do better. And, you know, maybe the cap goes up more next year, but Klingberg will be 30 next year. So, you know, I wonder how long – and how much of a deal he's going to get next summer. But if he puts up good numbers, I'm sure. I mean, he's a right hand, like he's, yeah, he's a righty demon. He should yeah. be making good money. Um, so it's just, you know, the flat cap and all that, as you can say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we both would agree that Anaheim is not going to be like a playoff team. No. They certainly have some offensive skill. So. I feel like he'll build up value and, and he'll get them a pretty good return at the deadline. Yeah. And also like it's in his best interest or like the team's best interest for him to do well. So he's going to get played. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, that yeah. Is the, uh, the big deal. And then the biggest news that we haven't even mentioned and we'll yeah. go around was, uh, you know, the news came out that Matthew Chuck was going to not file arbitration. He told the Flames, not going to sign long-term. We all kind of, being Canucks fans, you and I especially, laughed and laughed because we're like, yeah, Calgary's painted into a corner. They're, so yeah. they're not going to get a good return. And yeah. then that Friday night, they pulled off the shocking blockbuster in the first ever official sign-and-trade NHL deal. Yeah. Eight million by nine, or sorry, eight years by nine and a half million. <laughs> Florida for Hubido. Uyghur, a first, and a prospect that, from what you tell me, could be an NHL player and a difference maker. I haven't looked into him, but uh, it was shocking to say the least. <laughs> um, what's your What's your take on it? Because I have like I've marinated on this one for a while. Yeah, so I've I've several thoughts. I mean, when it first came out, I, I thought it was fake. Like I thought I was reading a fake account when I saw that Huberdo and Uyghur and the first were included. It's like holy crap. Um, and like, I know Matt Kachuk is younger, obviously, and he's, he was an RFA and now they've locked him up for eight years. So you've locked him up for his prime at a pretty good cap hit. And he is one of those players in the, in the NHL, like they keep calling him a unicorn. I don't know if that's exactly the right term, but there aren't that many players that bring everything that Kachuk brings. So in that regard, I think it's, smart for Florida and I think that Florida you know probably had talked with Huberdo and Uyghur and was thinking that the cap was going to be too much for them so they kind of I think took a step back probably in the short term but in the long term they're probably going to be better now Calgary again I totally was like you I was so excited for Calgary to suck <laughs> and I was like, you know, Gaudreau leaving, and now uh, uh, Kachuk's gonna leave, and he's not gonna get much. 
back for him that they should and all that and then you see the return it's like wow and I mean like if one of those two players stay I think it's a win for Calgary Um, not even if both I mean the Flames like defensively last year were one of the best teams in the league and then you add Uyghur to that I think they're going to be I mean, you take out Gabrantz and you replace it with Uyghur, they're going to be better on defense. And then Huberdeau essentially replaces Gaudreau. So, yeah, you're down. As you said, you're down at Kachuk. But um, I think they'll be, especially in the Pacific, I think they'll be a good team. Um, And if they can't sign both of those players, it's going to be fascinating to watch what they do at the deadline, Um, especially if they are in a playoff spot. (laughs) But... Overall, I, I give I give the win to Calgary because of what you said, because of uh, of Tree Living not really being able to do much, and you know he pulled off a pretty good deal for his team. Um, yeah, but so like uh, we haven't mentioned, but like gave him five teams that he was in yeah. long term. Like, yeah, so he basically was giving himself a, a like essentially a no trade clause. Yeah. Um, and like. Kachuk, like, this is the other thing. I know there's a lot of talk, like, oh, Florida didn't like how they played against Tampa or how they, like, played in the playoffs and they need more sandpaper. Kachuk's going to fix that. But Kachuk wasn't good in the playoffs either. And I think that's part of it that, for me, I find hard. They're like, oh, he's the perfect player. And, yeah, like, on paper, he is the perfect player to fix that. But he has had his struggles in the playoffs too. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah, uh I'm, my opinion and everything I think is not too far off from what you think you know like they've they've locked him up at a cap hit for eight years like until he's 32 that like as the cap will start going up so as the cap goes up and up over the years that deal is going to look better and better especially like percentage wise against the cap yeah. um and, and he probably signed for a little less than he could have going to a no state tax team yeah with you know with Tampa we've seen that that plays a big factor yeah. Um, so yeah, Florida. Like, I, I think they'll be a, a worse team next year. But I mean, they were the President's Trophy winning team this past season. So yeah, it's not like I feel like they're gonna fall out of the playoffs with this move. <laughs> and like you say too, after this year, like both those guys, uh, Uyghur and Huberdeau, were up on their deals, and Huberdeau is gonna be thirty. I think Uyghur is twenty-seven or twenty-eight at the end of the year. So, so yeah, you know, they would have had to give. Like, you know how it's going in Vancouver with JT Miller. He's 29. <laughs> like, you know, who knows going to want the seven or eight years going into his late 30s at, yeah. you know, he was a superstar this year. And they probably just looked at the trade off in terms of money alone for those to Chuck versus Huberto and went like, oh, yeah, that's five, six years younger. Yeah. Lost us a little more. And then, yeah. you know, we're going to have a guy in his early 30s versus yeah. his late 30s. Um, Uyghur, I feel like maybe the, the fan base might have played a role there because, like, <laughs> against that Tampa series. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good, and they, like, they tore him apart, especially on social media for some of the giveaways he made and, like, yep. for costs in the series and games and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I think like you say, he's going to add to a, a defense core. Like, I was looking at the six, the top six they have, and, like, especially the, the highest paid guys, like, Four and a half million a year or something. Yeah, the amount of money they're spending on that defense court and who they have on there is pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, totally. So it sucks. It sucks for Vancouver because <laughs> they're division rival. Yeah, 
Calgary has really, really strong defense up and down with a really good Vesna finalist goalie. Yeah. Maybe a little weaker up front. Um, I think Mangiapane will be good, but I don't think he's going to replace what's chucked in. No. And, and I don't think Toffoli is as good as he ever used to be, so I don't know if he's going to step up in a way that they probably expect him to. So Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be like it'll be more textbook Daryl Sutter hockey. I feel like where you're gonna see a lot more of the traditional LA Kings two one one nothing yeah type wins for them yeah like, well we win a lot but yeah I could see that top line still being really good but I don't know about like the depth beyond that yeah um so yeah I basically I agree with you so it was it was fascinating and like. Uh, I think you said, and it was read everywhere, like, you know, probably the biggest trade of the salary cap era. Like, when do you see 200-point players traded for each other and this and that? Like, you know, you can almost say, like, the last big similar deal was was the RFA kind of thing with Patrick Lane for Pierre-Luc Dubois, because, like, that was pretty big. Pretty but big, yeah. It's not that big. Yeah, but they're not, you know, those guys weren't, nor are they still superstars. Like, Huberto yeah. and were, like, Probably what both top five, top six in scoring this year. Yeah. So yeah, was, they were. I think it was like third for seventh or something, like in scoring. Yeah, it was okay. crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, yeah, very big shocker. Very interesting. I like when that type of stuff happens because it's just it doesn't happen enough in hockey and felt yeah. like a, like an NBA type trade. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was cool, uh, and it was definitely something to chew on for a while and boring for part of summer yeah and then other than that like we're just going through rfa arbitration and settling and this and that you know i've, I've definitely noticed that since uh yes for brat settled with new jersey on his one year 5.45 million dollar deal that like the brat plus this plus that for that, JC Ford, yeah know, popping up all over the place again yeah for, like as soon as it happened i think miller was trading on trending on twitter again it's right. <laughs> like oh my god yeah. yeah so i don't know we'll see what happens but um there's nothing really from a canucks perspective uh to be like waiting on with this rfa stuff and, and really like league-wide there isn't too much like pierre luke duval accepted his one year yeah six million dollars in a peg despite everyone thinking he wanted out and he was all backpedaling saying he didn't say that yeah so you know, it is what it is, and uh, it's August 4th, so we're like a month away from training camp, maybe a little more, and two months from real hockey, so <laughs> we know some stuff's going to start to happen here, because it's kind of got to. Yeah, it has to, and I think, like, I still think there's going to be some trades, um, just because, again, of the cap situation, right, there kind of has to be some money moving around, and yeah, yeah I'm going to be interested in some of these teams that kind of looked at this year, and thought they wanted to be bad if they can't like help themselves with picking up some players because i mean even like bjorkstrand right like i don't know if we talked about that but like yeah that was another one it was actually surprising the cost yeah it was so low but it's because seattle was willing to take on that cap right so it's like okay well there's there's players to be had and they're pretty good players yeah but yeah so anyway so sorry what was it columbus said bjorkstrand <laughs> seattle for us so was a, third, a third and a fourth, I think. Third and a fourth, that's right. Yeah. How low it was, because he's kind of been like their one, two, seven. Yeah, yeah, he's been decent at putting up points for like the last couple of years. And I mean, 
I, I get that they did it because they got Goudreau, who's going to be better than him, arguably. And then you had to give Lainey's raise, so someone had to leave. But you like it's basically like you're not managing your assets, right? Because you can't get what you want back for them. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, and for the record, I don't think that trade's going to make Seattle uh, playoff team. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. I think that they might be better this year than they were last year, only because like they're going to have um, Beneers at center. Um, we'll see what he can do in a full year. They'll have Bjorkstrand. Like they should, and then they'll have Burakovsky or whatever. They have some more players who can actually like put the puck in the net. I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're better. That's all I'm gonna say. You think Shane Wright's on the opening day roster? I think Shane Wright might be, but um mm-hmm. we'll see. Do you think he plays the full season? You know, I kind of think for his development, he shouldn't only because of all the COVID stuff that's happened. Yeah. And I think you should just send him down and see if he can dominate in juniors again and give him that boost of confidence that he might have lost over the last year. And I think that's probably the right call. Yeah. But depends how he looks early, I guess, and depends how starved they are for offense. Yeah. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch the down south neighbors of the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I feel like we uh, stretched this one out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we have anything else really to cover because we just uh, covered. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, well, we'll get together. We'll do. We'll be back for episode 86 next time, like we just said. Hopefully through August here, some more stuff starts happening and uh, pieces start to fall into place, and um, we'll do it all again next time. Sounds good. All right, Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode 86. Thanks for listening. Woo!